You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. If you got your Bibles, why don't you open them with me to Psalm 100? So we're in, a, we're in a series called The Church That Jesus Is Building. We're unpacking what does the church look like. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus says this, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. I've got a croaky voice. I was yelling at my kids' soccer yesterday morning. So it just adds to the preaching voice. I'm not putting it on. It just is what it is. Jesus is building his church and he's building it upon himself. That's sort of the foundation for this whole series, it was, it, you know, what does the church that Jesus is building look like? Not the church that, you know, that, that, that we think would be the most attractive or that we think would be, you know, the, the, the best way to reach people. No, no, it's all about him. What does the church that Jesus is building look like? He allows us to be part, part of the process. He allows us to partner with him. It's such a privilege to partner with him in seeing the kingdom advance. But Jesus says that he's building his church and he commissions us as disciples to make disciples. And so the series is about what does this church look like? If Jesus is building his church, uh, you know, what are we, who are we supposed to be? What should we look like? Because we're the church. We've seen so far that the church that Jesus is building exists for his glory. That is a church for all generations. It's a church of disciples, that we have to be disciples if we want to make disciples. It's a church that knows him and makes him known. It's a church that's unstoppable. It's a place or a people of encouragement. If you, if you weren't here for any of these weeks, go back on the podcast and listen, because each week adds a beautiful part to the, you know, the building of who we are. It's a church of real relationship with him and with others, not rote religion. We don't go through the religious steps. It's not about the external. It's about real relationship. We don't come to tick the Sunday morning box. We come to encounter the presence of Jesus. Today I want to look at this, that the church that Jesus is building is a place of praise. It's a place of praise. Not just a place where we sing, but a place of high praise, a place of adoration, a place of exalting Jesus above all else, above everything else that he comes first. It's a people, because the church isn't just, the church isn't a, a building, it's a people. So we say a place, it's, it's, it's us together that create a place for his glory, a people that exist for his glory. In our lives, in our gatherings, we want to minister to the Lord. We want to honor him. We want to host his presence well. We could have stayed in that place of just honoring his presence all morning. And that would be enough. If you get, if you get um, bored in that place, can I encourage you, you need to go dig some wells at home. Because it's about his glory. It's about his presence. We can't do anything without his presence. Psalm 22 verse 3 says this. You are holy, enthroned on, or you sit on or dwell in the praises of your people. The New King James says the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. You guys might go, oh, you know, oh, I, I, I've heard that one before. The word enthroned or, or sit, it kind of draws on the same concept um, where like, uh, like someone would sit like a king on a throne in a place, of, or, you know, a place of honor at the table. They say, come and take the place of honor at the head of the table. 
it's sort of like, it's like a dwelling place. It's a place of rest. So that, that phrase more accurately, um, that, that phrase could mean that God inhabits or he rests in, he sits upon, he dwells within his people's songs of worship and praise. He dwells within a, pra- a place of praise. Have you guys found Psalm 100? Good job, well done. Somebody said yeah. I think it was Kristen. Thank you, Kristen. Psalm 100 says this. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it again. Because like a few guys, a few of you guys are like, what? This is let's be interactive today. Let's have fun. We're gonna read a lot of Psalms. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. That's fun. Serve the Lord with gladness. I don't know how you act that out, but yeah. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence. With singing, know that the Lord, he is God. He who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with his th- thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Enter his gates. We come into his very presence the place where he dwells, he inhabits the praises of his people with praise and thanksgiving. Flick over a few pages to Psalm 149 with me. It says, praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing. Ooh. Come on. Make melody, to, <laughs> make melody to him with tambourine and lyre. Tam- I don't know about tambourine. This is a, hey, it's, if you are a tambourine specialist and you want to join the music team, you're welcome to come to our practice. There's no guarantee you'll get on the stage, but you can bring it to practice. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. How beautiful is that? He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the godly exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds, not just when we get together, at home, in the morning, when you wake up, when you go to sleep. Let the high praises of God be in their throats or in their mouths and a two-edged sword in their hands to execute the vengeance of the nations. That's Ethan, our sword maker over there. Um, the execu- actually, he makes knives and, and axes and stuff, just in case you guys like, what? Um, to execute the vengeance on the nation and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and the nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written, this is honor for all his godly ones. Praise the Lord. Let the high praises of God be in their mouths and a two-edged sword in their hands. The church that Jesus is building is a people who know how to enter the presence of the Lord, who know how to honor the presence of the Lord, who choose to, to exalt the Lord, who choose to praise his majesty. It's not dependent upon how we're feeling. It's not dependent upon the circumstances around me. It's not dependent upon what's going on in the world. It's not dependent upon my personal preferences about the songs that are being played or how loud it is or how soft it is or whether it's light or dark or the setting. It doesn't actually focus on me. The church who knows how to exalt him. See, even in the place of persecution, 
we're called to be a people of praise and a people of presence. We see Paul and Silas praising the Lord in prison. They're thrown into the deepest dungeon. They're in chains, and they choose in that moment to praise. Not because if we praise, we'll be set free, but because he's worthy. What else do you do when you're in the middle of a prison? You could whinge or you can praise. The result is, as they praised, God intervened and they were set free. Not only were they set free, but the jailer and his whole family came to know the Lord. It says that they were, they were saved and baptized. Our praise brings us into the very presence or the throne room of Jesus. And from that place, he releases us to minister to others. From that place, salvation comes to the lost. From that place, breakthrough comes. The miraculous is released. So often, we want to go after that, and we want five points on how to reach the lost, five points on how to see healing come. And there is some practical things we can do, but it all starts in the place of praise and the place of his presence. If we try and circumvent that place, it comes back to my own strength, and we will fail dismally. We start our gatherings. In case you hadn't noticed, you guys are here today. We started with well, testimonies and with praise and worship because we value and honor the presence of God. It's not a buffer so that everyone can get here. If we did that, we'd do like one and a half songs, two songs, and then we just do something else. No, no, it's because, to be honest, what else is there if we don't have the presence of God in our midst? We value his presence. Moses said this. Dave referenced it. Moses said in Exodus 33, 15. It's our heart's cry as a people. And if it's not, my prayer for you is that this would become your heart's cry. He says, oh, Lord, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. If your presence doesn't go before us, if your presence doesn't mark us, we don't want to go out. There's nothing better we can do before going on the streets to minister to those that don't know him than to worship him and be marked by his presence. There's nothing better that we can do and give our time to than to be in his presence. You say, what about the needy? What about the poor? What about the hungry? Yes, of course we meet the needs, but it's from his presence. As I was preparing for this week, um, I studied some of the Hebrew words for praise. It's a fun study to do. Um, the word um, halal, H-A-L-A-L, um, is the root word of the word hallelujah. You say hallelujah. So when the, when the Hebrews heard that word, um, halal, their understanding of that word, which we, it's one of the words we translate praise, their understanding of that word was to celebrate with exuberant, clamorous, loud exclamation, to boast in or to boast of the Lord. I love that. So when they heard that sort of praise, it was like we are going to boast in who he is. It was, in, it was intended to be intense. Think about that. It was intended to be intense. We just use the word praise. We praise him. They had all these other words that carried different connotations. This was boasting in him, being exuberant, being intense. Breaking a sweat in praise. Psalm 150 uses, it, uses this word, that, that, that word um, for praise, 
like two or three times in every verse. Let's read. I'm going to read you a bunch of psalms today. It says this, because I, I love it. Praise the Lord. It's this sort of praise. Halal. Intense, exuberant, boast, boast in the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his um, excellent greatness. I mean, it's, it's the psalmist trying to describe how do we boast in God. Praise him for his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sounds. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine. Oh, here we go again. And dancing. Praise him with strings and pipes. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Ooh. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Together can we say praise the Lord. <laughs> There's another uh, amazing use of, of this term um, halal, this exuberant praise in Ezra 3, verse 10 to 13. Um, I want to read that to you as well. It's talking about when they, the, the builders laid the foundation of the temple. Now, the temple in the Old Testament was a place where God's presence resided. And it says this, when the builders, from verse 10 of Ezra 3, when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments came forward with trumpets, and the Levites and the sons of Asaph with cymbals, to praise the Lord according to the directions of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsively. How cool is that? They sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. For he is good, this is a quotation, for his steadfast love endures forever towards it, toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord. Because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and the heads of fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first house, wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundations of this house being laid, though many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shouts from the sounds of people's weeping, for the people shouted with a great shout, and the sound was heard from far away. I often, when I read this, thought that they were weeping because it was like different than the first one. But as I was studying this, I had this like, it's like God opened my eyes. Like they were weeping because the presence of God was coming back. There was this joy for those who hadn't seen a place for God's presence to dwell before. So they're shouting and going, this is amazing. And those who had seen it before in that place of recognizing, oh my goodness, his presence is coming back to us, begin to weep. And that's praise. That's like as the high praise. There's often those times where in the midst of, of joyful exuberance, we encounter his presence and we're broken and we begin to weep and we just go, how great is our God? How amazing is his steadfast love toward me, his grace toward me. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to come into his presence. I don't deserve to worship him, but he's worthy. And so there's this thankfulness and this weeping at the same time. Another Hebrew word for praise is yada. It literally, it literally means to use the hand. To use your hand in worship. To be expressive. To revere and to worship. So when Hebrews use this word in praise, um, it's in like Psalms, like Psalm 139 verse 14. It says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it well. They would physically worship by using their hands. There was expression. They would make, possibly clap, raise their hands, dance. There, you know, there was, there was expression to their praise. We're very unexpressive as a culture, unless we're at like the footy um, or our kids are playing sport and we lose our voice. Then we become expressive 
Hugo loved standing on the fourth deck of the MCG last night going, come on. And I was like, if only we were that expressive in our worship of Jesus. You want to see expressive worship, um, volunteer for the kids because um, those, they go nuts. There is no, like, social filter of what is acceptable. In 1 Chronicles 15 and 16 um, and 2 Samuel verse 6, we see David's response to the ark of the Lord coming into Jerusalem. Again, his response to the presence of God. He prays and he dances as with all his might, along with the Levites and Israel shouting and praising loudly and offering sacrifices to the Lord. It said every step they took, they offered another sacrifice. He was so exuberant. I want you to get this this morning. He was so exuberant that his wife, um, Mikhail or Michelle, however you say it, was embarrassed. And I think it was because of her own pride and self-consciousness. And she actually rebukes him. But David's response was, I'll become even more undignified than this. And the result of her, of her um, holding back her praise, the Bible says, was that she was actually barren for the rest of her days. It caused her not to be fruitful in her life. Radical praise is our response to the presence of God. And it releases fruitfulness. Radical praise is our response. And it releases fruitfulness. In 2 Chronicles 20, there's this, um, there's an account, we won't read the whole thing, of King Jehoshaphat. Judah's about to be annihilated. Um, it looks like they're going to be wiped out. And they call a, call a nationwide call to fast and pray that God would come through, that God would bring breakthrough. They fall on the faces, it says in verse 18, and they worship. And they worshiped him with loud voices and with, with, you know, with, with, uh, with high praise and shouts. And they praised, get this, in the face of attack. They didn't just say, God, stop the attack. They praised the beauty of his holiness. 2 Chronicles 20. They praised the beauty of his holiness. You can see it in verse 21 and 22. And it, actually what happens is the enemies annihilate each other. The high praise of the Lord releases God to fight on our behalf. It actually releases the victory of the Lord. So often when we're under attack, the, everything in us wants to focus on the attack. But God's way is different than our way. When we begin to praise his beauty and his holiness and who he is, it actually releases him to fight on our behalf. In 2 Chronicles 7, Solomon, again, they dedicate the temple. It says fire came down from heaven. It consumed the offering um, and the sacrifice. And the presence of God was so strong, the priests couldn't even enter the Lord's house. It says they fell on their faces and worship and praise the Lord. There's something about our praise, and we could have a hundred different examples from Scripture, that not only ushers in the presence of God, but that is a response to his presence, response to his glory. There's a shift that happens. I want you to hear this, church. There's a shift that happens when our praise moves from being about us and how we feel to being about his glory and a response to who he is. There's a shift that happens in our lives when we take time, not just on a Sunday morning, to praise him for who he is, not just because of how I feel. 
to praise him despite the circumstances, not just on the mountaintops, but even in the face of attack, to focus on who he is. Again, to lift our eyes back to him. There's a shift that happens. There's a shift that happens in our gatherings, whether it's Sundays or it's in discipleship groups or in any time when our praise becomes about his character and his nature and his glory and not how I feel or my preference. What does it mean for us? <laughs> I've got this like, my voice is getting more and more squeaky. It's because I praised with, ex- with exuberance. I was like, I'm going to lose my voice, but if I'm going to lose it, I'm going to lose it screaming for Jesus. What does it mean for us? How do we be a people of praise? Someone said this, the deeper our revelation of Jesus, the higher our praise will be. The deeper our revelation of Jesus, the greater our understanding, the, the more we see him, the higher our praise will be. So what, what does this mean for us? Go deep in his word. Study, search for a greater revelation of Jesus. Study what the word says about who Jesus is and study what the word says about praise and worship that pleases God. The deeper we dive into the Bible, which is God's revelation of himself, the higher our praise will be. Because we can't see Jesus and not respond to him. Declare the praises written in the Bible. Literally open up the Psalms and say, praise you, Lord. Praise you, God, in your sanctuary. Praise you in the mighty heavens. Praise you for your mighty deeds. You can just declare straight out of the word his praise. Go deep in the word. In prayer, secondly, ask Jesus for a greater revelation of who he is. Praise is one of those, those um, things that uh, reveals our heart. Our praise actually reveals the depth of our relationship with Jesus. And we can't really fake it. We can quote the scriptures. We can say, oh, yeah, I'm having a great, you know. How are you doing? Oh, yeah, really good. I'm having great times with Jesus. You know, I'm just really, you know, I'm spending great times in prayer, and I'm really reading my word every day. And we come to praise, and people are just like, and you go, ooh, we need a deeper revelation of Jesus. We can't have a greater revelation of Jesus and not erupt in praise. We can't see him and not be undone by who he is. Ask in prayer for Jesus, uh, for Jesus to give us a greater revelation of who he is. Make time, thirdly, make time in your own time. This is not just about Sunday morning. This is, we're not going to get the music team back up today. Make time in your own time to respond to him in praise. Make it your own thing. I'm going to read another scripture to you, Psalm 96. Make time in your own time to respond to him. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. But I don't have a great singing voice. Doesn't matter. Make a joyful noise. Ethan's like, amen. (laughs) Ethan is the most exuberant. I want to just boast on you, Ethan, for a second. The most exuberant praiser and worshiper. And uh, he doesn't have an amazing singing voice. But you can hear him anywhere you are because it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter whether you can hold a perfect tune. He's had a revelation of Jesus. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation 
from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are his sanctuary. Then it says, ascribe to the Lord. O families of peoples, not just on your own, with your family, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering, come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. And you can read on because the rest of that chapter is amazing. Make time to respond to him in praise. You don't have to know how to play music. You don't have to have a good singing voice. You just have to have a revelation of who he is and say you're worthy. Fourthly, when we, ga- when, when we gather, in our times of gathering together, give him the honor and the glory he deserves. I'm going to say you have to do it like this or you have to do it like that. Just give him the glory and give him the honor that he deserves because he's worthy. Prepare your hearts before to be ready to praise him and to enter his gates. Our gatherings are not mainly about a preaching time. They're mainly about his presence, about giving him glory. It's all about his presence. It's all about giving him glory, not just like mainly and then we go on to something else. Even our preaching is about his presence and giving him glory. Our worship, our offering, our fellowship, our, all of it is about him. Prepare your hearts to praise him. We don't come flippantly into the presence of the Lord. So actually, sorry, we do often come flippantly into the presence of the Lord, but we shouldn't. We should be ready. We should be prepared. Come with reverence and honor. There's joy. I mean, we can be loud, we can be exuberant, but there's a heart attitude of reverence and of honoring him when we come. Come before, just practically, come before the start of the meeting. Come and be ready. Come early. Come ready to participate from the beginning. Come in, when you come in, if you come in at 9.30, you come in at 9.45, you come in at 8.30, come ready to give honor to Jesus. From the very first person you see, from the very time you step in, come ready. From the very time you step into a discipleship group, if it's in your home, from the moment you begin to prepare your home, be ready to give him glory. Be ready to give him honor. Can I say this, and at the risk of stepping on toes, but I don't mind stepping on toes, it is ridiculously dishonoring to the presence of God to come in 15 minutes late, or 20 minutes late, or 30 minutes late. You dishonor the presence of God. Now, if there's, if there's legitimate reasons, there's legitimate reasons. But let's honor the presence of God. It's even more dishonoring, to be honest, when we start to worship him. To go, I'm just going to finish my coffee and have a conversation and go sit outside for a while. That's not the point. That's not why we're here. You can have a coffee. If you want to have a coffee, go to the cafe down the street. If you want to have a coffee and catch up with somebody, make a time after the meeting or before the meeting. But when we come to worship Jesus, come ready to give him the honor and the glory that he's due. My final point, be passionate and be expressive in your praise. Last week, Mark said this, and I love it. Uh, I think he got it from someone else. Polite applause is illegitimate praise. We don't golf clap Jesus. Polite applause is illegitimate 
praise. Like King David, I want to praise with abandon. I want to praise with all that I am. Some of you guys are looking at the ground. Like, guys, be, uh, be free. Be captivated by Jesus. If the Holy Spirit is convicting you, don't look at the ground. Say, Lord, help me change. Help me see you. I want to be more like you. Can I say again, it's not about whether you like the style of music, whether it's too loud, too soft, my personal preference, whatever it is. I know Paul loves jazz music. We don't ever play jazz music. We're not good enough. I'm not a good enough musician to play jazz music. Some of these guys are. We don't worship. We don't have jazz music. But Paul still worships because it's not about what he likes the most. If we play jazz music, a lot of you guys would be like, what the heck is this? And Paul would be like, whoa. But Paul's like that anyway, so. It's about bringing glory to our king. The question is this. I want to end with this question for you today. And you can search your heart. Is Jesus worthy of our praise? Is Jesus worthy of your praise? Not just Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Is he worthy of your praise every day? In 2 Samuel 24, King David wants to buy a threshing floor, a piece of land from a guy named Aruna to build an altar to worship the Lord. When Aruna realizes that David, he wants the land um, to worship the Lord, he actually, it's an amazing picture of a generous heart. He offers to give it to him. He says, no, no, if this is to worship the Lord, I, I, I want to give it to you. He responds with generosity. But King David's response is this. He says, no, I will buy it from you for a price. Why? Because I will not offer burnt offerings or I will not bring a sacrifice to the Lord my God that costs me nothing. Is our praise and our adoration of King Jesus costly or is it cheap? Because the answer to the question is he is worthy. When I say is he worthy of your praise, the only answer is yes, he is worthy. Worthy. Yes, he is worthy. And we want to be a people who bring him glory. The church that Jesus is building is a place and a people of praise who bring him glory and adoration and the honor that he's due. Would you stand with me this morning? When Jesus came into Jerusalem, he's riding on a donkey. People get all excited. The, the king is coming. And they begin to lay down their cloaks and they rip palm fronds off of the trees and they put them on the road in front of him. You know, Jesus coming in didn't look the way they expected it to look. He didn't come in with a big army, guys riding on a donkey, the cloak thrown over the, bla- the back. But the people welcomed him, even though it didn't look the way they expected it. They laid down their cloaks on the ground before him. As we respond to him this morning, I want to ask, what do you need to lay down today to welcome the presence of Jesus in your life? What do you need to lay down? What do you need to lay down before him to honor him? And it might not just be because you've been dishonoring him. If you have, repent right now. And say, God, I want to lay that down. Set me free. But it might just be actually those things that he's given you that he says, I want you to lay that down before me for my worship. Like the woman who brought the year's worth of perfume and broke the jar over him and anointed him. 
Yes, we receive. Yes, we're blessed. Yes, it's amazing in his presence and we're set free and we're healed. But our heart is that he would receive the glory, that he would receive the honor, that our praise would be a sweet fragrance to him. And as much as we also receive, we don't come just to get, we come to give to him the glory that's due his name. We sing a song often, I love it. This line says, let praise be the weapon that silences the enemy. Let praise be the weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise. Let praise arise. I feel like God's going to break anxiety over people right now. I'm going to ask us to do something different this morning, but actually just to lift our voices and praise Jesus. Without instruments, without anything else, you might need to open up Psalm 96. You can just lift your voice and just declare how worthy he is because he's worthy. And I believe that freedom is going to come right now. There's anxiety that's going to be broken. There's fear that's going to be broken. There's a boldness for the Lord that's going to rise up. Don't worry about the person next to you. Don't worry about the people behind you. Don't worry about whether you can sing or not sing. We're just going to lift a sound of praise in this place. Thank you, Lord. You're glorious. Let's lift our voices together. You're worthy, Lord. Worthy, Lord. Worthy, Lord. Worthy, Lord. Lord, we give you the glory to your name. Worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're glorious. You're holy. You're worthy. We exalt you. We exalt you. We exalt you. There's power in your name. Lord, you are high and lifted up. You are seated upon the throne. Lord, we choose to lift you up. We give you glory right now. Lord, let us be a people of praise. Let the high praise of God be in our mouths today. Let the high praise of our King, Lord, come forth from us today. Lord, I say right now, as we praise you, anxiety be broken. As we praise you, depression be broken. As we praise you, fear be gone right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we lift you up. We lift you up. We lift you up. You're worthy. You're worthy. Don't stop, church. A little bit more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord. You're holy. You're holy. You're worthy. You're seated upon the throne. Lord, you are other. Lord, you are great. You're glorious. Lord, we proclaim. We say you are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our adoration. If you've never done this before, just Open your mouth and say, Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, you are worthy. We praise you. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar. Let the fields exult. You are worthy, Lord. Let the rocks cry out. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you, God. We bless you, Lord. We ascribe to you greatness. We ascribe to you strength. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you're worthy, Lord. Mm. Mm. There's power in his name. And I pray our praise wouldn't just be a Sunday morning thing. That we would praise you on our beds. That we would praise you in our families. That we'd be a people 
of praise who honor you. I feel like for some, the, the breakthrough that you need, the victory you've been crying out for, God's saying, he's, he's saying today, it's going to come from a place of praise. Will you praise me? There's times that we do have to, that we do fight for things. There's times that we do warfare. But he's saying, today, it's a place of praise. Will you praise him this week? Will you praise him? Stop just focusing on that battle and praise him for who he is. Praise him and let him release victory. Praise him and let him fight on your behalf. Praise him and let him bring the release. Praise him and let him bring the resource. Whatever it is, as you praise him, there's going to be a breakthrough that comes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just lift up our hands, eh? In his presence, there is fullness of joy. And so, Lord, we declare this morning, as Matt was just saying, in our, as we praise you, because you are worthy. And right now, as we're in this attitude of praise, if you've never had an encounter with Jesus... If you've never surrounded your life to Jesus, you've never had an encounter with the King of Kings, the, the Jesus that we're worshipping this morning, would you pray this with me right now? Jesus, I give myself to you. Forgive my sins. I repent this morning. I want to become not only a son or a daughter of living God, but a born-again worshipper of the living God. I want to give my life to worship you for the rest of my life. I receive you in my life today. Forgive me today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. So I would be such a person to worship you with exuberance today. I pray this this morning. If you prayed that this morning, we believe the Bible says that you are born again. And we'd love to pray. I'd love to pray with you. I'm up the front here when we're about to finish. But that's the best decision you can be to become a son, daughter of the living God and to worship him for the rest of your life. Amazing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ooh. We're going to finish. If you'd like prayer, we'd love to pray with you. We're a people of praise. I pray that this week we have a greater revelation of who Jesus is. The deeper our revelation of him, the higher our praise will be. And can I just say this? Because I, I, this has nothing to do with our music team this morning. I thought they did an absolutely outstanding job. I've, I've, uh, I've led worship often at times where then somebody's got up and talked about praise afterwards and you have this tendency to go, oh, but I actually thought this was the most, one of the most Jesus-honoring, anointed times of worship we've had. This is about us as a people together. I, I actually don't like the, the, the term worship team. These are not the, the worshipers. We are the worshipers. These are, these are some musicians who give their time to help us worship, yeah? So they're a music team, but we are the worshipers together. We give him praise together. Let's give him, a, let's give him a, clap, a clap this morning. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. If you'd like prayer, come up the front. We're, gonna, we're going to leave from here to go on outreach in Dananong at 1145. So um, I want to encourage you to come.
If you're coming, we'll gather back in here. We can have a little like 11.45. Sorry, 12.45. I'm literally looking at the clock, looking at 11 and thinking 12 and saying 11 in an hour. So we'll meet back in here. We'll do a bit of like a pre-outreach rally and we'll head out and we're going to see some amazing stuff happen. Guys, have an awesome afternoon. Hope you can join us. hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.